right, welcome in. Better's Last Stand, show number 60, coming to you from the Pine Room Studio. Downtown Wheeling on Halloween here as uh, we have a few alterations to the normal schedule. So normally we'd tape on a Wednesday, we're taping on a Tuesday today. I'm going to be out of town for the rest of the week. So uh, just wanted to make sure we got all of our picks in and everything. Sam will be joining me later in the program. Coach and Chris are out today. Uh, with other things going on. Again, uh, it's not our normal schedule. Normally, we do the regular podcast on a Tuesday and Better's Last Stand Wednesday when a little bit more information's out, lines and things like that on some of the weekly type events. But we're going to do the best we can here. Got a lot of data anyway, so uh, we're ready to go. Uh, we had a strong week last week, up 13 units, 13.7 to be exact. Uh, Sam had a good positive ROI in uh, NASCAR, as usual. Had a couple down weeks, but he's back in the, in the win column there, so that was a... Uh, Strong week for him. Uh, he had Gabe Davis anytime touchdown. If you had that on the uh, Thursday night game, uh, now the show didn't come out till Friday, but uh, we put that one out on the social media um, on uh, I think either Wednesday night or Thursday morning. Uh, so Should have had that one. Uh, he was up uh, over two units on the week himself. Coach five and five in college football, two and three in the NFL, minus one eighty on the week. He was zero and two on his best bets, so uh, he'll sharpen up, I'm sure. Chris five and four in college football last week, two and three in the NFL. And he was minus 170, about down about 1.7 units on the week. Uh, best bets, though, for Chris, 2-0 and on the week. His college and pro best bet both got there. Um, I had a decent week, 6-2 and in college football, 5-2 and in the NFL. Had Ryan Blaney in NASCAR. We got a future ticket on Ryan Blaney to win the championship, so that was big that he won at Martinsville on Sunday. He's into the Final Four on uh, next Sunday, I guess uh, this this coming Sunday at Phoenix as the NASCAR season concludes, which is kind of sad. Uh, they're down to the Final Four. We're going to talk with Sam about that one, too. You got uh, Kyle Larson, Chris Bell, William Byron, and Ryan Blaney still left in the chase. So uh should be one last exciting race for NASCAR. Uh, I was up about 15.5 units, 15.20 units, 2-0 and in the best bets. So a pretty strong week. Um, overall, best bets on the season, I'm 8-4. Coach, 4-6. Chris, 5-4-1. Uh, again, remember our Football Friday show. Friday's usually from Gumby's, one of the Gumby's, depending on the weather this week. Uh, Jarrett and Coach and Jub will be handling that. I'll be calling in um, as I'll be out of town. But uh, we'll be giving our Duggar Saucy Spread Challenge week number 11 picks as Kayleen continues to lead the chase. So if you haven't tuned into Football Fridays, we talk comprehensive about uh, high school football. We got Ohio playoffs in week two right now, West Virginia's final week of the regular season. And then we'll touch on college football, pro football. Uh, we got the Wheeling Nailers segment that we're going to be adding to the show, nailing it down. So again, thanks to them for their sponsorship. Thanks to IC Cab for everything they've done for us uh, across Better's Last Stand and the Pine Room Podcast and Pine Room Studios platform. So if you haven't checked out any of those things that we mentioned, um, please do at the Pine Room Studios. Check it out on YouTube. Um, social media followings would be great if you can do it. Uh, we, we would love that. BLS underscore PRP and at the Pine Room Studios you can find on Instagram, Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, Facebook, and etc. Um, as we continue to churn on and churn out good stuff for you. We were at the Freeland Farm last week. We were at the Penitentiary the week before that. We were at Jill's Gentleman's Club, another one of our great sponsors. They sponsor our Football Friday shows along with Gumby, so thanks to Jill's. We had a wonderful time up there. Uh, they were great hosts. Uh, hostesses, I guess, so to speak. Uh, we did a, sh a shoot up there, a show. We did the podcast, so if you probably would have checked it out yesterday, we were all in costume. It was fun. Uh, really, really good time. We had President Ronald Reagan join us, so that was good. It was a fun night. Uh, appreciate the ladies' uh, support and everything that Jills and Gumbies have done to make Football Fridays very fun for us here at the Pine Room. 
as uh, we're, it's amazing that we're already closing it down now. I think it was, it was our 11th show last week, so it'll be 12th this week. Just crazy. Basketball starting up. We had uh, Coach Joanna Burnaby McNamee from Boston College. She's the head coach at Boston College from Weirton, Madonna. Uh, played at West Liberty, All-American, uh, coached at Maryland, at West Virginia, Albany. Uh, great career. She, it was great to catch up with her today on the radio. So check us out. Watchdog. I think Job's going to archive that uh, interview and have that up. Uh, we have Coach Derek Army on last week from the Nailers, which is a great uh, interview as well. So be looking for those things popping up on YouTube and the various other podcasting platforms to listen to some uh, some great head coaches that we've been lucky enough to talk to here um, over our year plus in existence. But uh, it was great catching up with Joanna today uh, on the Tuesday radio show, WKKX, The Watchdogs. So be sure and uh, stay tuned for more great, great guests as we uh, continue to push on with the radio show, which we enjoy doing a lot. So we're Tuesdays, noon to 3, Fridays, noon to 3, which is normally a football Friday show, basically a sports show. The Tuesday show has a little bit of everything in there. We've had some wonderful guests on in the past uh, of all different genres. So continue to check that out on our Monday show, usually a wrap-up, a recap of what happened over the weekend and a prelude to what we have going on in the other six hours of radio. So thanks to our Watchdog team and our great colleagues down here and uh, – Kayleen and, and and Lola and Howard and, and Rocky and uh, Bob Slider and Donnie Gilbert's uh, struggling with some health issues right now, so we hopefully he gets well and back on the radio soon. But uh, we've got a good good group down here with the Watchdog, and we're very happy to be a part of it. Uh, back to us, uh, World Series Game 3 in the books last night. Rangers take it 3-1. to one. Scherzer goes out with an injury. Garcia goes out with an injury. I think the demon, the demon back, the Diamondbacks are still a good value at plus 240. Um, I, I think they'll win the night, which is Tuesday. Uh, hopefully by the time you hear this, this, the series will still be going. Hopefully there's a game six and seven on Friday and Saturday night, which is what I'm looking forward to. I still think D-backs will win it in seven, but we shall see. Texas has not lost on the road in the playoffs this season, so that is uh, something that's Really, really impressive, uh, to say the least. So, uh, great World Series, though. I think it should be. It continues to be. It was a good game last night. A couple mistakes cost the Diamondbacks. Base running issue with the third base coach. And then a couple other just bad breaks. Umpires did not help them any at all uh, during the game. So, we shall see. Should be a good a good World Series the rest of the way out. College football week number nine is in the books. We're on to week number ten. Oklahoma was the most bet team of week number nine, and they lost outright to Kansas. So Nick and coaches Jayhawks getting the job done there in Lawrence with a big win over Oklahoma. That was my best bet of the week, the Kansas Jayhawks. I actually thought Oklahoma might be able to win the game, but I didn't think they would cover. Um, Oklahoma was teetering on the brink. They've had a lot of tests in a row, and it's tough to stay up. I still think they're a pretty good team. I'm not sure they're a national championship caliber team, but um, I, I am impressed that they're a little bit better defensively and in some of their other, you know, the s- small intricacies of football that they didn't used to have a commitment to. And Lincoln Riley was a coach. I think, like, I feel like Brett Venables is at least making them accountable on defense and so forth. So I think their program will continue to improve, although they better pick it up because they're going to the SEC next year, which could be quite interesting. But nonetheless, Oklahoma goes down to Kansas. Um, so that was the uh, kind of a kind of a little bit of an upset in uh, the most bet team of the week, the public. Play goes down again. That seems to happen quite a bit. Public all over Texas this week. Minus a four and a half against Kansas State. They'll be in Austin for that one. Um, so we shall see what happens in that contest. Uh, Texas playing uh, eh, up and down. I'm not sold on them quite yet. But anyway, starting into the football, college football card. 
Um, I'll get picks from Chris, and Coach sent me his as well, so we will uh, put those up on social media. So BLS underscore PRP and that the Pine Room Studios. You can find all that stuff out. I will uh, have all this stuff posted uh, in ample time for the weekend's games and whatever night of the week they are. Sometimes I like to wait for the numbers to see because there's sometimes where we'll give a pick out on this show and a number will change or something will happen or there's information about an injury or something. And, uh, you know, we'll get off a game. So you may, what you hear here might not be exactly what it is on the internet or social media, but uh, it'll be pretty close most of the time. Let's uh, start it right off right now. It'll be a Friday night kick, Boston College at Syracuse. Syracuse minus two and a half, total 51 and a half. Um, I don't really have a play on this game. I don't think uh, that, I, I probably lean towards the over in the game. Syracuse tends to play a little higher, higher scoring games at home. Uh, with no elements there in the Carrier Dome. Boston College has been a lot better on offense. Um, they did not cover last week, which is good for me because I had UConn. But uh, BC improved on offense. Uh, I, I think they go up there and score some points at Syracuse. Syracuse was horrendous last week against Virginia Tech on the road at Blacksburg. Um, Syracuse, not a team that's going to travel very well to those parts of the world. Uh, so I expect them both to uh, put up a decent offensive performance in this game. So I'm going to lean to the over in this game of 51 and a half Connecticut at Tennessee on Saturday at noon uh, Connecticut catching 35 at home total 52 and a half I have no play on this uh, I don't like when the SEC does this and plays these games I would lean towards UConn but nothing strong Wisconsin at Indiana noon game sounds like a snoozer if you want to sleep in just put this game on you'll go back to sleep for at least an hour Wisconsin minus nine and a half the total 45 Wisconsin off a loss to Ohio State at home in which they maybe had a better chance of hanging in that game than actually the score indicated, but they were never going to beat Ohio State. They're just inferior in all levels. Indiana battled hard last week. Um, I'll, I'll be anxious to see what they can do here. I would lean towards the Hoosiers at home. If I can get 10 or 10 and a half, I'll be taking them currently. It's nine and a half Wisconsin. So I'll wait to see what that does. If it goes up to 10 and a half, I'll probably make a play on Indiana. If it stays at nine and a half or nine or goes down to eight and a half, I will probably pass on the game. Ohio State back in action at noon at the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Ohio State minus 19 to total 43. I guess it's a little tricky game for them. Uh, Rutgers has been exceptional this year, but they don't have a very good offense. I imagine low scoring is in the cards here. Rutgers is going to try to control the ball. Ohio State is uh, built on defense this year, strangely enough. Their offense not nearly as potent, but uh, I think they'll win the game. Uh, it'll be a matter of where that line finishes. If I can get around three touchdowns, I may take a peek at Rutgers. But as of now, I'm going to go under the 43 points in that one. Nebraska at Michigan State, another Big Ten uh, barn burner here would be the Cornhuskers, Cornhuskers minus three on the road, total 34 and a half. Uh, Nebraska, Michigan State. I had Michigan State last week, and they and they hung in the game the entire way against Minnesota, and then some late disastrous outcomes uh, ended up getting them. Uh, I thought it was a position where they were going to win the game, and they end up getting beat easily, uh, at least by the point spread margin. But uh, anyway, I thought they gave a decent a decent performance last week but I just don't know how good they are I lean Nebraska in the game minus the three both these teams are really bad total 34 and a half seems a tad bit low I think both of these teams are a little better offensively than they probably will match up decently against each other uh, both defenses are not quite stifling so maybe over 34 and a half in that one Arkansas at Florida as we go to the SEC Florida returns to the swamp after getting beat pretty badly by Georgia in the 
outdoor cocktail party game last week. Arkansas has been a team where I backed a lot. I just can't do it anymore. So I'm leaning towards Florida here at six. If it goes down a little bit, I'm going to play Florida. I don't want it to go up. I know the line move would indicate that the that the action is sharp on the Florida side, but I think Florida in the swamp is a pretty decent bet here to bounce back. Arkansas, I just I got to get off of them. I, they've hurt me so many times. Keep waiting for them to play. They played one good game the whole season. I can't trust that they will again, so I'm leaning Florida in that game. Staying in the SEC, Texas A&M at Ole Miss. Ole Miss minus three. Total 53.5. I think Ole Miss is vastly superior to Texas A&M. Uh, I think Lane Kiffin, for all his faults, is a better coach than Jimmy Fisher. So I'll be leaning the Rebels here. Probably going to be a play for me. If it stays a field goal or less, I will be on the Rebels in that game. Big 12 action. Kansas State and Texas. I mentioned this game. Public all over Texas here. Minus 4.5. Total 51.5. I'll be playing K-State. I think K-State goes in there. I've been impressed with K-State the last couple of weeks. They're good. And they're beating teams badly. And they're finishing them off. And they're they're playing 60 minutes of football, which is uh you know, rare for even the good teams to, to do. And I, I like K-State. I like where they're at. This is a big test for them. I'm not sure they'll be able to win the game, but I think they keep it very close, and they're going to have a chance to cover and win possibly. Uh, total 51. Probably lean towards the over there. K-State's been putting some points up. Texas obviously known for their offense. Going over to the SC, or ACC, I guess, half ACC. ACC in basketball. Notre Dame at Clemson. Uh, Notre Dame minus three on the road at Clemson. Uh, 45 to total. This was a game at the beginning of the season people would have thought would be a big game, and it's really not worth mentioning at all right now. I like the under in the game. I think both defenses are strong. I think both offensive lack uh, playmaking ability. Notre Dame probably slightly better. Dabo Sweeney on the hot seat, not really, but he's taken a lot of heat from fans. He got into it with a radio caller the other day, and uh, things. Uh, I think he's starting to feel the pressure a little bit. So Lean Notre Dame in the game, but like the under. Staying in the ACC, Georgia Tech at Virginia. Virginia minus two, total 54.5. Georgia Tech off a nice win last week against North Carolina. Everybody thought North Carolina would bounce back. But Georgia Tech's a program that I've noticed, I kind of mentioned at the beginning of the season, that they've been improving. They took they had new coaching, transitioning from a strange like uh, service academy-type offense where they're running a lot of options and stuff. And now they're... They're in their third year with able to recruit like for passing, like a normal passing game, a more modernized offense. So I think they are improving. And uh, I didn't like North Carolina. I'm not a North Carolina backer. I think they've been weak all season. And if Miami didn't blow that game to Georgia Tech, uh, I think they would have beaten North Carolina. They were kind of down in doom and gloom at that point. But the Yellow Jackets catching two here against Virginia. Virginia's played Miami very tough. They lost last week. They obviously beat North Carolina the week before that. I lean Georgia Tech in the game. I think they're a little bit better. But Virginia, you got to tip their tip your, tip your hat to them. They've played really hard, and they've uh, p- just punched above their weight the last few weeks. Uh, a program that was a doormat, and they're uh, contending each week now. So it's good to see for uh, the Cavaliers as they continue on. But I'll be back in the Jackets here. I think they're just a little bit better. Pac-12 action, Arizona State at Utah. It's 11 a.m. or no, maybe a 12 p.m. kickoff. I think Utah's mountain time. So, yeah, it should be uh, so it should be a 11 a.m. No, noon. I'm sorry. Noon Eastern time. Noon. No, gosh. Boy, I messed that up. Noon local time, 2 o'clock Eastern time. It'll be Utah minus 11, total 41.5. Arizona State playing some great football right now. Utah. Eh, I'm not surprised they got beat pretty bad at home. Oregon, I think, is very good. I think Washington is very good. I think both those teams are playoff caliber teams. 
and I expect both of them to have a really good chance of making the playoff if the Pac-12 continues and doesn't stub its toe, as it usually does when they, one of those teams will lose to a team they shouldn't. But in this game, I don't know whether to back Utah bouncing back. I think they're in a spot right now where their season hopes have kind of been dashed. Cam Rising is now sitting out for the NFL, which to me is not a good thing for the program. I'll be passing on this game, but I lean Arizona State catching the points in that one. Uh, let's see. Moving along to the Big 12, UCF at the Cincinnati Bearcats, a battle of two teams new to the Big 12, both struggling mightily at the moment. UCF minus four on the road, a total 59. I'll be tempted to play Cincinnati in this game. UCF on paper to me is better than Cincinnati, but Cincinnati is a tough place to play, and I think UCF is showing signs of uh, giving up for the season, as we saw last week as West Virginia just housed them uh, on their own field. So, uh, I like Cincinnati leaning. Don't have a strong play on it, but I'll be leaning towards the Bearcats. Florida State at Pitt. Florida State minus 22. Total 51. Pat Narduzzi called out his team this week. Uh, tried to backtrack, but he basically said his players suck. Uh, Florida State, to me, is not nearly as good as their record. Um, I think they're going to lose a game. I hope it's to Miami, but it wouldn't surprise me if Pitt gave them a better game than expected here. 22 points. If it's cold up at Pitt on the water, it can be tough for Florida teams. I've been lived that myself going up to that stadium for Miami games in the past. Um, I want to say Pitt will respond here, but Narduzzi's he's walking a tight rope here. He could lose his team. To me, it's Pitt or pass here. I don't trust Florida State on the road, and possibly an over 51 play as well. Penn State at Maryland as we go back to the Big Ten. Penn State minus 10.5, total 50. Penn State uh, just went through the motions last week, made enough plays in the fourth quarter to beat Indiana and get the game over the total, which is good for me. Maryland has been awful the last couple of weeks. They've lost the teams they shouldn't be losing to. I don't know if, if this is a spot where now they're dangerous because they got nothing to lose, uh, but the Terrapins have really, really went downhill. I don't know what's going on with them, but I like this game under the 50. I think uh, Penn State will flex its muscles defensively, and I think... Maryland will have a struggle to score 20 points in this game. I think Penn State wins the game. Um, I'm not sure they covered the 10.5, but I think it's low scoring. And uh, I like uh, the, the Nittany Lions to win the game money line-wise, but definitely not laying 10.5 on the road with a talented Maryland team. they got a quarterback that can make plays, so we'll see if they pick it up this week. Virginia Tech at Louisville, back to the ACC. Louisville minus 9.5, total 48.5. Virginia Tech looked good last week in Blacksburg, but they're playing Syracuse. Uh, Louisville's the best team in the ACC, in my opinion. I think they're better than Florida State. I think they're better than Miami, which isn't hard. Uh, I think Louisville's getting slept on here a little bit. And uh, they're tough at Papa John Stadium. They do not get beat very often in that stadium. And they're laying nine and a half here. I think Virginia Tech has enjoyed its uh, couple of victories against lesser competition. But this is a big step up for them. If you can get less than 10, I would recommend taking the Cardinals. Back to the Big Ten in the maybe the most embarrassing game total in the history of football. But I'm going to tell you a few others that were right up there. Iowa on the road at Northwestern. Iowa minus five, the total 30 and a half. This game opened 29 and a half, and people actually bet it up to 30 and a half, which is insane to me. And I've heard people tell me, I can't bet this game. How can I bet this game under? Well, how can you bet it over? These teams don't score. Iowa just doesn't score. They go halves with two yards of offense, which they did against Minnesota. How can you feel good about an over? I know it's low. But it's low for a reason, and 
it's probably not low enough, in my opinion. Iowa Northwestern opened at 29.5. Here's some of the games that you know, you're, you're going to see a startling uh, re- reoccurrence here with the team that's involved in these. These are some of the lowest totals uh, in recent modern college football. Iowa-Minnesota earlier this year, 30.5. Iowa-Minnesota last year, 31.5. Iowa and Kentucky, 2022, 32. Army-Navy, 32 in 2022. Army and Air Force this Saturday, 32. Arizona, Oregon State in 1995-33. You see three of the lowest totals ever. Four are Iowa. So uh, that should tell you all you need to know. It's under for me in this game. I know it's 30.5, but I am not afraid at all about that. Um, Northwestern has played pretty strong, and it wouldn't surprise me if they somehow figured out a way to win this game, being so low scoring. Staying in the Big Ten, another terrible game. Illinois at Minnesota, Minnesota minus two, total 42.5. Minnesota's now won two in a row. Maybe it might be three, but they beat Iowa and Michigan State back-to-back. Wow, just tough opponents there. They should massacre Illinois here, but I'm not really certain they will. It's This just looks too easy to me to play Minnesota, who's better than Illinois. Uh, under 42.5 may be the play. But Illinois' defense hasn't been what it was supposed to be, so we shall see. I don't really have a strong play there. Going to the Big 12 now, Houston at Baylor. It'll be Baylor minus four, the total 57. Oh, we had Jake on the football Friday show last week. Jake Roberts, um, tight end for Baylor. Just, again, tough, tough game. They just they just can't seem to muster any momentum right now. They win a game, and then they take a backslide. Lost to Iowa State last week at home. They get Dana Holgerson in Houston now. I really like the Bears in this game, uh, but that's probably my heart talking. I'm hopeful that they can pull it out, so no real strong play. Next game, Big 12 action as well. It's the Bedlam game, which seems a little early to me this year. Oklahoma Oklahoma at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma minus six on the road, a total 62. Now, I would like Oklahoma State a lot in this spot if Oklahoma hadn't lost last week, so that worries me a tad I think the Oklahoma State Cowboys are maybe my vote for the most improved team uh, from week one to where they are now. Mike Gundy, terrific job. He doesn't get talked about enough. He's really good. His teams improve. Uh, Oklahoma State's playing great football right now. Another big win last week. They win easily. To me, them and Kansas State are just as good as Texas or Oklahoma in this league, at least their teams that are continuing to get better. Texas has talent. Oklahoma's kind of hit a lull. They kind of you know go backwards. I lean the Cowboys here. If I can get close to a touchdown at home, I'm going to take them definitely. But, like I say, it worries me a touch. Oklahoma will be ultra-focused here. Rivalry game, and they just got beat by Kansas, so which is another reason why I like Kansas last week because it was a look-ahead spot for the Sooners. Missouri at Georgia. SEC action. Georgia minus 16, total 56. Shockingly, Missouri's a top 25 team now. And, uh, you know, 16, you say, like, whoa, what the hell's up with that? Uh, sure seems like Georgia should be laying more. This game is between the hedges at Georgia. So I think I would lean Georgia in the game if I can get less than 17. Missouri's been a good story, though. They played well. They got good quarterback play. And that, for that reason, I'll be going over the 56 uh, total on this game. It's 16 and 56. So I'll be over 56 in Georgia versus Missouri. Going down, Cal Bears on the road at the Oregon Ducks. Oregon minus 24. The total, 57.5. Oregon off a nice win on the road at Utah. Cal off a terribly stunning defeat. It looked like they were in total control against USC. Then it looked like they weren't going to cover. Then they ended up covering, at least for me, which was good. Um, 
probably were going to pass here, but I think there could be some points. Cal's offense is much improved, and their defense is not nearly as good as it has been. Oregon, a serious contender for the playoffs. BYU at West Virginia. West Virginia minus 10, a total 51. The Mountaineers playing really strong right now. They've, they've bounced back from some tough adversity this year. They've had a few games that have really been tough, tough beats for them. Um, I think um, West Virginia is probably on the cusp of winning another game here. They're ten, laying 10 at home. I think they win the game. Not sure they cover the 10, but it's West Virginia or pass for me. Back to the Big 12, or staying in the Big 12. I guess BYU always fools me that they're in the Big 12, which is weird. Kansas trying to get back on track at Iowa State after the Jayhawks. Oh, no. They won. No. Oklahoma was the one trying to get back on track. Kansas is trying to keep the momentum rolling, catching two and a half at Iowa State. That's why I don't like Kansas in this game. I like Iowa State. I really don't like laying points with Matt Campbell. I don't think he's a good coach, but I will in this case. 54 is the total, which seems a little high. Um, if I can get less than a field goal with Iowa State, I'll take them. I think Kansas has a little backslide. that They ripped the goalpost down. They jumped into the freaking lake with the goalpost. Those, those moronic students, which some of them probably got brain-eating amoeba. If you saw that lake... Is disgusting. The algae and plankton, or whatever. I don't think plankton can grow in uh, in non-salted water, but nonetheless, it was gross stuff. And those kids were swimming in it. And uh, God, I hope they're okay because that stuff eats your brain out. Um, and if you haven't seen shows on that, please watch. It's dangerous stuff. Uh, SEC matchup: Kentucky at Mississippi State. Kentucky land three and a half on the road. Total forty-five and a half. I lean Kentucky here, but Mississippi State has surprised me several times this year. I was not high on them, but they've played better than I expected. But no real play for me there. Purdue at Michigan. I like under in this game, 48.5. Michigan laying 32.5 at home. I think Michigan wins this game easily. Not sure they cover 32.5, but I do like under. Don't think Purdue will score more than seven in the contest. Back out west, Washington on the road at USC. I like the Huskies here, laying 3.5. The total 76, which is just outrageous. Uh, that's a game I can't play over. Um, I think Washington will make some plays on defense, slow it down a little bit. Uh, I like the Huskies. Though. Three and a half to me is a steal with them. It almost looks too easy. Um, USC is not going to put up much of a fight. Their season is completely over. Although they played Cal, they, they at least were able to have a little pride and win last week, but it wasn't easy. LSU at Alabama, maybe the game of the week. Uh, it'll be the Crimson Tide minus three. LSU. Um, on the road at Alabama, total 59. A lot of people on LSU here. This thing opened six and a half, six, six and a half, down to three. I love Alabama in this game. I think they got the better coach. I think they're going to be pumped up. This is the, the shortest spread that Alabama has had at home since they played LSU back in 2007 when they were laying six and a half. So, that should tell you something. Alabama doesn't usually lay three at home, and I don't think LSU is stopping anybody. The over in this game may be an intriguing play because Alabama is going to put some points up here against LSU. LSU has made no effort to, to improve their defense or change their defense this year. They're not good. And that's well, for that reason, I think Alabama makes more stops and wins the game easily. I think I'd even consider doing an alternate line on that and playing it for minus a touchdown, minus six, minus seven, even up to double figures even because I think Alabama is going to hammer LSU. Miami at North Carolina State, ACC action. Hurricanes minus four on the road, total 45. Uh, full transparency here. Everyone here knows I'm a Miami fan, but I would lean NC State in this game. I think NC State is not any good at all, but Miami, this is the kind of game that they will struggle with. They've just, ever since the game against Georgia Tech, they've not, been able to pick up the pieces. They got to win over Clemson. They got two OT wins. Clemson and Virginia in a really, really, really bad league. Um, 
I would expect a similar game here. If the defense plays well, they'll have a chance to win. But if not, NC State will probably win the game. Back to the big tw or Pac-12. Stanford at Washington State. It'll be Washington State minus 13.5. The total 60.5. Washington State's really hit the skids. They're now 4-4. Four and four. Stanford's scrappy. If I can get two touchdowns with Stanford, I'll lean that way. It's 13.5 currently. Total 60.5. Possibly an under here. Uh, I just don't think Washington State's offense has been clicking the way that it had early in the season staying in the pac 12 oregon state at colorado oregon state minus 13 total 63 uh things are starting to come undone for coach prime he's criticizing his linemen he's got some injuries uh oregon state to me is a vastly better team better coached and again i'm not taking anything away from what prime's done i respect him he's brought good players into that program and i'm not saying that he's not building the program but oregon state's very very well coached they'll have a good game plan here they'll be very disciplined they'll control the line of scrimmage and i think that they'll win this game by more than two touchdowns so i'll be taking the beavers minus the 13 on the road um probably lean towards the under two i think oregon state will slow down the colorado offense and then finally pac 12 action at night 10 30 kick ucla at the red hot arizona wildcats ucla laying two and a half on the road total 52 and a half I like the under in this game, and I like Arizona. Arizona has done everything right and uh, have surprised a lot of people, and I think they keep it rolling. Chip Kelly just doesn't strike me as a guy that can win on the road, so <coughs> I'll be taking Arizona at home, and I lean towards the under of 52-and-a-half in that contest. Uh, a couple other interesting tidbits. Uh, sports Equinox, we had it last night, all the pro sports playing. We had the World Series. We had NHL and NBA action. We had Monday Night Football. It doesn't happen very often. be the only time this year that happens. So uh, hopefully people enjoyed that. Um, and college basketball begins next week. We talked to Coach Joanna Burnaby-McNamee today from Boston College. We'll be continuing to uh, press forward as we get towards College Hoops, which starts next Monday. Don't have any future plays for you yet. I'll try to have some of those up. Uh, I usually like to give it a little bit of time. It's such a long season. I don't really feel like I got to have those out right now. If you want win total bets, feel free and message us. Contact at the Pine Room Podcast .com. We'll be happy to give you any ones that we do have, or if you have a team that you're interested in that can give you, um, you know, some some feedback on on whether or not I think it's a decent play or whatever. But uh, yeah, we'll be focusing in on college basketball as college football is already in week number ten, and it's just hard to imagine. But uh, just recapping a couple of things. Uh, actually, not going to recap, but going to tell you a couple of coaches' plays right here. Coach will be on Ohio State, Kansas State, Army, and Penn State. Those are his medium plays, his strong plays. Notre Dame, Ole Miss, James Madison, Georgia State over, Oklahoma State plus the points, Michigan minus the points, and his best bet of the week is the Oregon Ducks minus 23.5. Again, I'll have these all posted on social media so you can check them out. BLS underscore PRP at the Pine Room Studios on all the social media. We're going to take a quick break here, come back, talk a little NHL, talk some NFL, and then in the third segment of the show, we'll have Sam on talking racing, NASCAR, and F1 boys back in action for at least a couple of more weeks. It's the, I almost said the Pine Room on the Watchdog. Boy, been a long day. Anyway, it's Better's Last Stand here. Matt flying solo today. We'll have Sam in a little bit. We're going to take a quick break and be right back. Bye-bye. 
reminder, this show is for informational and entertainment purposes only. All wagering activities should only be conducted by those 21 years of age or older and within the confines of federal, state, and local law. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, contact 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. All right, men, load the cannons and hold the line. You're listening to Better's Last Stand. All right, welcome back in. Better's Last Stand here. Episode number 60 as we push on through college football week 10, pro football week 9. NHL, NBA underway. Not going to talk much NBA at all today. If anything, James Harden got traded yesterday. That's about all there is to say about that. Still too early. These guys are all faking injuries and stuff. And uh, NFL trade deadline was today. There's a couple interesting moves. Redskins look like they're having a fire sale for their defensive linemen. So the 49ers pick up Chase Young, which is interesting. Helps the bolster theirs. They're going to need a good pass rush because their secondary was horrible on Sunday. Uh, NHL, just quickly, a uh, couple things on that. Going the first 10 minutes, first period, overs and unders. Really, really intriguing stuff. Uh, I urge you to follow this stuff. Go on on Twitter and, and follow, track the stuff yourself. Um, I'll continue to give them out here uh, each week, update you on who's hot, who's not, and what's going on with those. But you can really find some some good value on these plays if you, if you do a little digging. You don't really have to dig. Uh, Ian Duncan and Chris Otto, if you just look those guys up on Twitter, you'll find their stats. They have their database right up there. You can click on it. They update it every day. You'll be able to see the percentages of who is doing what. Goal in the first 10, though, uh, yes. That's a yes to a goal. So a goal is scored in the first 10 minutes of the game or 9.59. So be sure and check your books. Consult your house rules so you know. Uh, goal in the first 9.59 or 10 minutes, 8-1 and one, the Minnesota Wild are, which is exceptional. Uh, the Ottawa Senators, 7-1. and one. The Sabres and Flyers, both 7-2. and two. And the Oilers, Canucks, and New Jersey Devils, all 6-2 and two goal in the first 10 minutes. A very, very, very good market to tap into. And then first period overs. Um, Buffalo and Carolina, both 7-2, first period over. Normally, these are going to be posted around 1.5. Occasionally, you'll see a 2 up there if a team is on a real heater. 6-2 and two teams include Edmonton, Ottawa, Winnipeg, New Jersey, and Philadelphia. All of them 6-2 and two to first period over the total of normally 1.5 is the standard. First period unders. Here's a couple teams that are trending to the under. You have the Ducks, 6-2 and two to the under on the season. The Coyotes and the Blues, 5-2 to the under on the season. And the Dallas Stars, 5-1 to the under first period on the season. We'll continue to keep an eye on those as the season goes on. Um, again, you can find great value on these. And then there's other ways to bet them, too. If you if you like, if you see going to first 10 and you see it starting to get priced out of, out of whack. So you're looking at minus 180, minus 190. Even I saw a couple... Going to first 10 of some of these teams, that I don't want to bet that. I don't want to bet minus 190. That's one thing about this show. We're not going to give you a whole lot of big favorites. We just don't do it. It's not how we play. And it's not how you're ever going to do any good. So um, if you see stuff where you don't want to lay $17 to win 10 or whatever you bet, whatever your value is, 170 to win 100, um, 
you should look at other ways. So first period overs are a way to do that. If you think there's a goal this first 10, chances are there might be more than one goal in a period. So maybe look there. If those are getting a little bit out of whack, you go and you say, hey, you know what? Both these teams have pretty decent stats scoring in the first period. They both had a lot of unders. Uh, maybe they'll both score. Both teams to score first period, you're getting a great value. You're getting plus money on that almost every single game. Um, for the exception of a few. So hunt around between the three of those and find the best price because you can kind of get the same bet just priced differently and labeled differently. A lot of times they're correlated, whereas if that one happens, the other one's going to happen. If both teams score in the first period, it's going to go over. Uh, yeah, and if it goes over, chances are both teams could score. So, yeah, so you find the best value, find that plus money, and uh, continue to hunt it out. But NHL has uh, got a lot of great stuff, and I talked about power play points several times on here. If you have any questions, again, messages, Twitter, uh, Instagram, at the email address, uh, contact at thepinerpodcast.com. Ask. Uh, I'll be happy to share more insight about it, but power play points are really good. Find these teams that are good on the power play and bad on the penalty kill. If you can find them crossing and facing each other, power play points you're seeing a lot of. A lot of teams are dependent on a power play, and if you have a team that's good, and that's there's a good chance they're going to get some power play points. The only thing stopping that is officials, and you can even look those stats up as well. Um, officials that call the most penalties, that obviously plays a role as well. So you want to look for all that stuff, but definite value on the power play points because these player markets are getting out overpriced here. These it's just like home runs. The home run props are just ridiculous. I mean, you're getting guys two to one, and and the first time first touchdown score stuff. They're, these aren't the true odds uh, in, in overall touchdown scores. They're just not. They're not true odds, and you're getting ripped off badly. Um, so you got to really hunt and know what you're looking for. Uh, we'll continue to try to help you with that. Uh, bad beats of the week. Ravens minus 9.5 against Cardinals last week. Arizona down 10 with 30 seconds left. They kick a field goal. Well, guess what? It, it must have been like a, a – a week where field goals they wanted to retry them because of the stupid officials but uh the guy missed the kick but they caught a false start on his teammate so that negated the kick technically so they back him up and he kicks it again and guess what he makes it and they cover 31 24 ravens final it's, that's a sick beat uh it really is it's terrible terrible way to lose when there's no reason to kick a field goal right there it's just stupid and silly and i don't understand it uh but could be this guy caesar sportsbook took a 100k bet on the raiders money line on monday night football plus 275 yeah well that was uh, a coaster right away as soon as it got printed from the machine and then this gentleman had a really nice hit same game parlay 1500 to win ninety nine thousand dollars. this is all dolphins it was uh tyreek hill jalen water Jalen Waddle and Raheem Mostert all to score touchdowns, so they all three did. The Dolphins minus six and a half, which they covered. The total of the game over 41 and a half, which it went over. And Tua to throw three or more touchdown passes. All of them got there, and the guy won $99,000. That's a really nice bet, but it doesn't really seem all that far-fetched if you if you really think about it. Uh, the most bet teams of the year in the NFL through eight weeks. Each week, there's one team that the public's on landslide-wise. Those teams are 2-6 and six ATS, so stay the heck away from the public bets, especially when they're as lopsided as that. All right, pro football time, week number nine. Uh, stuff is quite miserable. We have a game in Frankfurt, Germany on Sunday morning. Tennessee and Pittsburgh play Thursday, but I'm not even going to waste my time with those two terrible teams. Uh, Kansas City. And Miami doing battle in Frankfurt, Germany at the Deutsche Bank Park. And this will be a 9.30 a.m. kick on NFL Network. So at least it gives you something to watch in the morning. Um, 
Chiefs, not, did not look good here last week, so I would say they're going to bounce back uh, if Mahomes is healthy. But I didn't like what I heard when they said that they're flying over Thursday. That's a concern to me. Dolphins will have been there for several days. I believe they're there now. Um, I don't like the teams that fly over late, so that worries me in this game. I lean to the under. I think this will be a little more of a nip-and-tuck game, but Dolphins will be dangerous, but they haven't really played or beat anybody good. Um, when they play anybody good, they get beat. So I lean Chiefs, but I don't like the time, time zone issue and the body acclimation, so I'll be going under the 50-and-a-half. Uh, 1 o'clock kick on Sunday. Minnesota Vikings at the Atlanta Falcons. Vikings traded for Josh Dobbs today. Interesting. Uh, you know, who would have thought Josh Dobbs would be traded with a trade deadline? He was just there to just fill in and lose for the Cardinals, but the guys played really hard, and uh, he's earned himself a, a chance with a, with a better team, so good for him. Uh, Falcons minus 5 in the game. Total 37.5. Minnesota's played better without Justin Jefferson. They haven't had to force things, but losing Cousins for the year is going to be tough. Um, I'd lean Falcons, but I'm not laying five with them. I think they're an awful outfit. They were not good last week. Uh, Ritter back to his old tricks. Um, I have no faith in the Falcons, but I don't have much faith in the Vikings either. Maybe, maybe, maybe an under, depending on whether or not Dobbs plays in the game. He's a pretty smart guy, so he may pick up things pretty quickly, so he could be in action. Seattle at Baltimore. Baltimore has five and a half. Total 43, Seahawks took care of the Browns. Bra uh, Ravens went on the road and won, and as we just mentioned, but didn't cover. Uh, Should have covered. It wasn't their fault. They did everything they could. Uh, lean Ravens here, but I think this is a tight game. Uh, I think the Seahawks are pretty good, and I like this game over 43. I think that that'll there will be some points in this game. I think the Seahawks have an interesting defense, kind of a big play, so they can give up some big plays. Baltimore's playing pretty well right now on offense. I think they keep it going, so I like over 43 in that game. Cleveland hosting Arizona. Browns back at home, minus 8, total 37.5. I don't know who's playing quarterback for Arizona this week, so that's a question mark. Um, I don't know who's playing quarterback for the Browns. Well, Deshaun Watson finally decided to play. They're laying 8 right now, 37.5. Um, I like under in the game, especially if – Whoever plays quarterback for Arizona and then Watson doesn't play, it'll be a definite underplay for me. But you got to watch that and see what happens uh, before you make a play there. So I will post these again. As I mentioned, social media will have all this stuff up so you can see what we end up going with once we get a little bit clearer picture on the personnel situations. Rams at Packers. Boy, the Packers are dreadful. Um, Packers minus two and a half in this game. Total 40. I have no idea how this can be. Um, other than Matt Stafford possibly being out. Um, I think the Rams, again, I don't think the Rams are as bad as what they've shown the last few weeks. They got beat around, but they're still, they still got some decent weapons on offense, and I, I think that they're dangerous here. The Packers, to me, have zero, zero, zero chance of progressing. They have a terrible coach. They have a terrible quarterback, and they're not going to get any better. And I just think people have got to start, you got to start to adjust here. The Packers, 40 in these games, and the Packers are almost too high. Um, I expect the Rams to win this game handily, and likely the game stays under because I don't think Green Bay scores more than 13 in this game. Tampa at Houston. Houston minus 2.5, total 40. Houston did not play very well last week off the bye. Carolina gets his first win. Houston could have made some plays, but, hey, more films coming out on Stroud. Teams are figuring it out. Tampa's in a really bad spot right now. They've not played well at all. Um, lost last week. They did cover against Buffalo, but uh, I'll lean Houston here at home. If I can get less than a field goal, I think the Texans bounce back. They are well coached, and I think Stroud will bounce back as well. Washington, as I said, fire sale time looks like here. They head to New England, which is probably a good place for them to go right now because New England's horrible too. The Patriots minus three, total 40. 
Redskins selling off half of their defensive line right now, which is not going to be good for morale. Um, I, I mean, maybe this is a game New England gets healthy, but I like the under of 40 in the game. I can't lay three with the Patriots. And uh, I would not be backing the Commanders either. As I said, morale's got to be very, very low. They get they get the good news that Dan Snyder's not the owner anymore, but then they decide to fire sale the team. But that tells me Ron Rivera's gone. They'll fire him hopefully tomorrow because he's absolutely horrible. Uh, Bears at Saints. Bears catching seven on the road. Total 41. This is too high. Um, Bears have played a little bit better since the Shepard kid took over. Shepard Rams quarterback um, from Martinsburg has been playing all right. I mean, yeah, they, they're not winning games. They, they split out with them, but seven's too much for the Saints to be laying against anybody. I'm leaning Bears here depending on the availability of uh, – if Fields plays, I won't. I don't want the Bears. But if the other kid plays, I think they could keep it within seven. So I'll be leaning Bears there. Colts at Carolina. Colts minus two and a half, total 44. Colts were horrible last week. Minshew's turnovers were just disgusting. They really had a chance to win that game against the Saints. Uh, made made um, They actually played better than the Saints. They just made the inopportunistic turnovers. So I will be going with the Colts here, minus 2.5 on the road. I know that's absurd to be laying points with the Colts on the road. It's just unthinkable, actually. Uh, Carolina, though, off a win. I, I don't know if they can keep any momentum going. If it gets above a field goal, I'll take Carolina. But I lean Colts right now if I can keep it under. Uh, you know, two, one, somewhere in there. Giants at the Raiders. Oh, another awful game. Boy, this NFL card is really bad. Raiders minus three, total 38 and a half. Um, Giants, <laughs> I I can't believe they lost that game to the Jets last week. It looked like they were going to win. Graham Gano was hurt, and he misses a chip shot field goal. The Jets get a miracle throw down the field, get into field range, tie it, and win in overtime. Just disaster for the Giants. Um, but I think they bounce back here. I think this is a game where they can feel good about themselves uh, despite only having, uh, or actually only, having minus nine passing yards last week. If that's even possible, um, yeah, you, you wouldn't expect that in, in 2023, minus nine pass yards. But Tyrod Taylor got hurt. Um, they had to bring in, uh, I say Danny DeVito, Jimmy DeVito, I think that's his name, from Syracuse. Um, that was not good. But I think they'll be a little bit more prepared here. The, the Raiders are not prepared for anybody. Josh McDaniels, clearly not a head coach. He needs to just go back to New England or go to Alabama or somewhere where he can be a good coordinator in college and have an easy life. Uh, I'll take the Giants, though, plus the three. If it goes up, I'll continue to take the Giants. If it goes down, eh, still not playing the Raiders. And possibly, possibly an under 38.5. Dallas at Philadelphia, 425 kick. Fox game of the week. Philadelphia minus three, total 46.5. Philadelphia's not playing well at all, but I think they get really healthy here. I think they steamroll Dallas. Uh, Dallas, they're smoking mirrors. They played good at home. They, they beat some teams at home, but they can't beat anybody good. They're like the uh, Miami Dolphins of the NFC. They can't beat anybody good. So until they beat somebody good, I'm not believing in them. Philly will push them around, beat them up. And they'll cover the three for sure. I like over in the game, though, too. I think it'll be a lot of points. Philadelphia, explosive. Dallas, explosive. Um, I think there's some big plays to be had in this game. Sunday Night Football, Bills at Bengals. Bengals minus three, total 48.5. What a transformation. But I don't really think the Bengals have beat anybody. Last week's win, pretty decent. But the 49ers are obviously in a, in a, in a tough spot right now. They've lost three in a row. So I wouldn't be patting myself on the back if I'm a Bengals supporter. I still think the Bengals are complete frauds. Um, the Burrow Chase connection is the only thing saving this team from being probably one of the worst teams in the NFL. I still think they'll finish last in the AFC North. 
It's just a matter of time before they start to play some real teams again. They got Buffalo this week. Buffalo's not been very good, but Buffalo's tougher. Buffalo's a little better coached. And I think Buffalo maybe, maybe can uh, cover this spread. I'm a little worried about Buffalo's defense, though. Uh, losing Matt Milano has just not been easy to overcome, so that's going to be a problem. But the Bengals, to me, are, are just they're just average at best, and, and it's burrowed thrown to chase. That's literally it. It's all they have. Uh, I don't think they're one-dimensional teams can't win in the NFL going, going in the long term. So I'll be against the Bengals. I know that's an unpopular decision, but uh, I see what I see, and uh, people, other people choose to see what they see. And anyway, Monday Night Football, Chargers at Jets. It'll be the Chargers on the road, minus three, total 41.5. really like the under in this game. I think it'll be a very low-scoring game. Jets got a pretty good pass defense, although their defense isn't quite as good as I was told it was going to be. But they are they do make enough plays. I think they'll limit Herbert a little bit, make them be one dimensional, have to run the ball a little bit more. Jets, they they're scrappy. They're playing hard. Zach Wilson's playing hard. Um I don't think they'll score very many here, but I do like the under. I don't think uh, I would trust the Chargers covering three and a half or three against anybody, especially on the road. And I'm not taking the Jets either, despite um and probably because of last week's game. I just they're very fortunate to have won that, and they can't cheat death again uh, that quickly after uh, you know one week to the next. I just don't don't see that happening. So I will be taking the under in that ball game. Uh, see if I got any other notes here. No, I don't think that's pretty much concludes the NFL uh, trade deadlines today. As I mentioned, Titans now six and zero off the bye under Mike Vrabel. So keep that one locked away for next year. Um, the Chiefs were the most bet team of the week. Again, I said 2-6 uh, and six on the season. 24-9 they lost to the Broncos last week. But uh, that will do it for NFL week number nine. Let me give you a coach's rundown here real fast for his pro picks. Uh, his leans are the Kansas City-Miami game over 50.5. So I'm a little against him on that one. The Pittsburgh and Tennessee game under 36.5, which is going to happen last night. So you're not going to hear that anyway. Uh, which under probably is a pretty strong play. His strongest plays are Houston minus 2.5, the Saints minus 6.5, and and his best bet of the week are the New England Patriots minus 3.5 against the lowly commanders who are having a fire sale. All right, that does it for the NFL segment of the show. We're going to come back. We're going to talk to Sam about racing, finally something that will make us smile here, although hockey does too, but football – it's just mundane and it's just boring and it's ruined by officials and it's tough tough to watch a lot of bad teams a lot of bad quarterbacks a lot of bad coaches um action tonight too if you're watching this friday you'll say oh okay action was this week so those would be cranking up each tuesday wednesday so you got football 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 everywhere um find something else my advice is branch out look for some other things to bet on because uh you'll have a lot more enjoyable experience than betting on football and having to live with penalties and uh, mistakes and not taking the points and going shotgun on fourth and one or fourth and goal and uh, these people continue to just amaze me but what do I know sitting here in a studio in downtown Wheeling trying to act like I know something so uh, all right we're gonna take a break here on betters last day and come back and talk to Sam about NASCAR at Phoenix and the F1 boys staying in this hemisphere and uh, going down to Brazil it's the man I almost did it again the, it is Better's Last Stand. We will be right back. 
Better's Last Stand is for entertainment purposes only, but who better to listen to than the guys here at the Pine Room? For more picks you might have missed, follow Better's Last Stand and all of Matt's picks on X, formerly Twitter, at BLS underscore PRP. Because just like General Custer, we're in Better's Last Stand. All right, welcome back in Better's Last Stand, show number 60 here. Matt, alone in the studio, but I got Watchdog with me, and I got the Champire drawing right here from Jub. So, uh, But now we're joined by Sam, so I wasn't totally lonely today as Coach and Chris are out of action here on a Tuesday afternoon. Sam, thanks for joining us. As always, uh, NASCAR down to its final week, buddy. It's kind of depressing, wouldn't you say? Matt, it's really depressing. It's about as depressing as the weather these kids had to trick-or-treat in. Yeah, right. Honestly, it, it is. Yeah, it feels like winter for the first time today. Yeah, it's brutal, man. But, yeah, when I was going over the numbers and I looked at the schedule and it was like, this is the end, man. There's nothing after this. No, it's horrible. It breaks my heart. It does, and we'll be counting down the days till Daytona. seems like we were just Already. in the studio talking about Daytona and the season back I last know. February. And here we go. Now it's already over. Uh, Kevin Harvick's last race of his career. Well, maybe not. He may. He never know. He may come back in, in limited capacity or something. But um, yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of sad. I, I gotta say, uh, as far as much as I'm looking forward to watching this race this weekend, I, I don't want it to end. I don't either. And and this is like no racing after this. You know, F1 is done. Yeah, two couple head. weeks it's left. Been, it's been done. Yeah, the, so the only, only thing, thing I'm looking forward to is that Vegas. Exactly, race. exactly what I was gonna say. Because because of intrigue to see how fucked up it yeah. is or whatever. I, I seriously <laughs> not about how good it's gonna be. It's like how fucked up is this race? Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. And that's sad that we have to talk about it like that. But it it sounds like the people in Vegas are already pissed about it. So. I don't know. I'm hopeful that it goes well, but I'm not confident that it will. Uh, but who knows? Maybe. We'll keep our fingers crossed. Uh, F1 boys last week, uh, obviously, same old story. Max Verstappen on top. He leads 59 laps. Uh, Charles Leclerc led 50, uh, 12 of the laps. So, I mean, it wasn't a terrible performance. Uh, the one guy, though, we talked about last week, and I think it's the final nail in the coffin. So It's over for Sergio Perez. I know he crashed, but... I mean, maybe it wasn't his fault totally, but come on. It's over. Your home Grand Prix, you can't even finish in the top six. It's all over Brutal. for him. Get out of there. Uh, Red Bull's got to go a different direction. Yeah, yeah, they do. And it didn't help at all that Daniel Ricciardo ran incredibly for an Alphatari. Right. You know, they needed any excuse to get inch him closer to that seat, and you yeah. said it, Matt. He crashed. Ricciardo ran well. Yeah. Right, so, on the wall. Yeah, so Danny Ricardo finishes seventh. And, yeah, you're right. That's a springboard to uh, him getting better equipment now and getting on a better team. Uh, definitely. It has to be the move. Uh, just really disappointing. Aston Martin, equally disappointing. Lance Stroll, we don't ever count on him. But uh, Fernando, another bad performance by him. Um, where, where, what do you think the future of Aston Martin is after uh, the next couple of weeks? Matt, I don't know what the hell happened to them. I mean, they started the season – I thought they'd be up there with the Ferraris and the right. McLarens, and it, they are down there with the Alphataris and yeah. pretty much where they were. Yeah, with, finishing. With were the drivers. They're finishing below the guys from Williams and Alfa Romeo. It's usually not a good sign. It's brutal. <laughs> it's just brutal. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I think Fernando Alonso still has got a little bit left in the tank. Uh, obviously, Lance Stroll is gone, thank God. So we'll see what they do with that seat and uh, if they can pick it back up. But, yeah, they, they kind of started out hot. They were kind of going to be the new team 
uh, kind of in the mix. And then uh, McLaren obviously took them over, you know, before, around the midway point of the season. And they've been pretty strong. Mercedes has been all right. Uh, speaking of Mercedes, uh, this was one of the few races that a Red Bull didn't win last year. George Russell getting the job done. Uh, Mercedes actually ran 1-2 in this race. And uh, if I remember correctly, I mean, the Red Bulls just didn't have it at this course. I, I mean, they, they didn't have any mechanical issues. They just didn't have it. No, nothing. I think Max finished sixth. and He didn't start on pole. I know that, but. Yeah, no, he started I, third. I'm looking at it right now. He started third, and Sergio Perez finished seventh. So they finished six, seven, started three, four. I, I just think maybe. I, I don't know if it's going to happen. A Mercedes just, you know, coming out of nowhere with a victory. They've been, Lewis in particular, not right. George, but Lewis has been very hot these last two races. They seem like they've got something that he's really up there pushing to, you know, he's up there with Max. Yes. He's passing the Ferraris. He's passing the McLarens. Yeah, that's my only hope of another victor in this race. Yeah, and and Lewis finished about ten seconds ahead of the next pack of cars, which was the the two Ferraris and the McLaren guys, and then his teammate. But you're right, Hamilton's been knocking on the door here. He was second last year in this race, and this may be a track that just sets up well for them. And if if it's one of those few tracks where Red Bull doesn't have a uh, you know a pronounced dominance, I, I I would say that it that it's live for maybe one of these guys, depending on how they qualify. I guess we'll see. But uh, I'd say if you're going to take a shot to knock off a Red Bull this, which actually when I say Red Bull, it's just Max now because Sergio has been gone for for about the last seven or eight races. Uh, but, yeah. yeah, I would say I'd say this is this has a chance to be a Mercedes uh, weekend. And then I'm anxious to see how the McLarens do run because they did not have a good outing here last time, but they had a gearbox failure and a crash. So I don't know. It, it, there wasn't enough laps to be able to gauge how good they actually could have been. So. Um, potentially, maybe they, they can be in the mix, but if it, I mean, do you think that Mercedes is the most likely winner or do, would you say Ferrari would have a chance as well? You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to go with my gut. I'm going to go with the Mercedes. Yeah. I'm going with yeah. Lewis. I love Lewis. Ferrari has too many issues. Like they either run yep. really well or yeah. they just don't. Too Mercedes mistake, is right. like, they're, they're, they might be like second or third, but they don't have like mechanical failure right. or like engines blow up like Ferrari. Right. Like they may not be as good as the Red Bull week in, week out, but they don't have the stupid mistakes. Whereas the Ferraris will either have a mechanical meltdown of some kind that's not the driver's fault, or if the driver has a good car, the driver will fuck it up somehow. That's just the way that those two guys operate. So, yeah, I have little faith that Ferrari's anything other than a. a just a, basically a top six team. And they go run in the top six if their car's running, and that's about it because they're better than the rest, but they're not good enough to win. So, yeah, I'm with you. I think Mercedes has a shot. I will be interested to see how McLaren does. And then, obviously, Verstappen, I'm sure he'll be motivated since this is one of the tracks he didn't win at last year. So he may be uh, out to, to get some revenge there. Any uh, any other dark horse guys that you're looking at? Uh, Botos wasn't terrible last week. Uh, uh, just couldn't get yep. in the top ten. That was my guy. I have Alfa Romeo, and I have in parentheses Botas, and I have the Alpines, both Alpine drivers. I think they can get into the top ten. Okay, I like it. Maybe maybe a couple uh, double top ten for Alpine. I like that. And uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, like we said before, uh, I think Valtteri Botas is is just he's kind of wasting away. But I don't know. <laughs> yes, just, he is. I, I I just wonder if he'll. I don't know. I don't know what his his future holds. If any of the other bigger teams would try to take a shot with him or what, but uh, his his equipment his equipment currently is limiting him. But I don't know. Hopefully, it'd be a little bit of an improvement. One of these years, we're going to talk about how there's like six teams that have a chance to win each week, which would be awesome. 
I, I know. It, it just doesn't seem like that's possible. No, I know. You know what it I mean? Really it, it's doesn't. Just, they just shuffle around. Like, the top five, the top guys stay the same, and the bottom feeders just shuffle around, man. Yeah, it's sad. They need to they need to try to pick that up to make it a little bit more even. That's one good thing we have in any car, NASCAR, is, uh, you know, level playing field. you got a lot of teams in, in you know, in competition and in, in evenly matched, so... Um, we look forward to those days of F1 if we can ever get there. But there, uh, we're winding down right now. There's only uh, what we got: Las Vegas and Abu Dhabi left after after this week in Brazil. So uh, again, kind of sad. But yeah, F1 has been uh, for as fun as it is to watch. It it is a little bit limited as far as uh, you know excitement and uh, different outcomes. So that part they lack quite a bit. Uh, NASCAR does not lack that as we switch over. Um, a wonderful race again last week. Uh, Ron Blaney, I was counting this down. This was one where I was like in, in begging because I had, I had obviously had Blaney and I had Truax, and then Truax another just again a great car and just a. Uh, I know. I mean, again, I, I mean, it's just out. It's this team just always has something go wrong. It seems like, and uh, he I mean he made a good effort to try to get back up there, but it just wasn't going to have enough time. And so then I was down to Blaney, and man, I was begging because Eric Almarola had a great car out of nowhere. Really, I mean, he's he's had a solid run though, but I mean, it's just not a track he's known to be great at. Uh, what were your thoughts on the race overall? It was pretty good. It was a damn good race, and uh, something about Blaney with this with this pressure on him. Yeah, I, I'm not shocked, but it's like, holy shit, is this the next step, the evolution of Ryan awesome. Blaney? Like, is he going to be like a Larson-ish, you know? Yeah. Because there was just like no doubt once he was up there that no. he's going to be there. You could end. see it. No I mean, doubt. you could see him picking off those lap cars, and it was like, and, and obviously the, the cars that were on the lead lap, but like he's, he's just weaving around him, and you're just like, the only thing that's going to stop him right now is is either he's going to make a mistake, which I didn't think he was going to, or there was going to be a caution or something, and then you never know what's going to But he was by far the best. He was locked in. You knew he was coming. He was going to take all those guys down, and we was just going to run away and hide when he, once he got up there. Yeah, and he did. And my, my biggest worry was Denny doing something stupid. Yeah, I know. You know, he I thought Denny was going to do something worried. stupid. Yeah, and like, you know, get a caution, and then they're all bunched up. Right, again, right, which would have been really his only shot because he was just, he couldn't, get enough positions with where Byron was. So that was tough. But I mean, he ran, he ran well. Uh, like I said, Al Marola was strong. Uh, Chase Briscoe showing signs of life. He's had a, yeah, a good, a good run there. So we had another good top 10 out of him. We had um, a couple other guys that we, that we had kept an eye on last week that ran well. Logano was good again. Gil- yeah. Tom Gilliland. How about that? That's a, yeah. sh- that's a shocker. <laughs> yeah, I know. Out of nowhere, but, uh, yeah, so we're down to the final four. Um, it's it's Bell, Larson, Blaney, and Byron. Uh, man, this is going to be really, really exciting here. All these guys are pretty strong at this track, which is going to make for exciting racing. Uh, currently, Larson is the plus 160 favorite, followed by Byron at plus 265, Blaney at 270, Bell at plus 345. Uh, well... I'm going with Blaney only because I have a ticket on him and I want him to win. Uh, but man, I have a sneaking suspicion that William Byron is going to be tough this week. Yeah, he was real good last year here, or the, or, uh, the previous race. Yes, here. yes, uh, he he was. Uh, yeah, he he won the spring race last. Uh, no, he won the spring race this year, and he was sixth in the fall race last year. So yeah, strong strong runs for him. Blaney was second, thirteenth in the spring, but second last year in this race. Uh, Bell was, I think, 10th and 5th in the two most recent ones. And then Larson, 2nd in the spring, and uh, I think he was ninth in the fall race last year. So 
all the guys run well. Uh, who, who are you going with? I mean, uh, Hendricks are going to be tough, I think. They are. This, I would say, is the toughest pick of the year. I, I've st- I was staring at this last night, and I thought about it today. I have four people to pick from. Mm-hmm. It's Blaney, Reddick, Byron, and Larson. And I, I think I'm going with the outlier. I'm going with Reddick. I think yeah. Reddick's going to get it done. I, I think he very well could. Um, yeah, he's he's a guy that's, you know, Chris picked him last week. He ran pretty well. Um, yeah, I, I would say he, he – I mean, there's going to be a motivation here for some of these guys to kind of play, a, you know, spoiler and, and try to, you know, end the season on a positive note. And then it becomes, if one of these guys doesn't win the race, then it's that crazy points you just don't know what's going to happen. Right. Which is kind of going to be all right in a way because it's going to it's gonna really come down to, you know, hopefully the last laps. Hopefully none of the guys have, have you know, catastrophic failures or anything like that. I, you know, you'd like to see it decided on the track, but, you know, can't really control that. Um, do you think there's any shot... Any shot, Kevin Harvick goes out with a bang. I mean, he's got nine wins at this track. If there was ever a track for him to win on, uh, on a swan song, it would be this one. Yeah, he's done my sleepers. I have Briscoe, Harvick, and Eric Almarola as my sleepers. Yeah. Something about Harvick being the last race, you might see that number four right up there. I hope, too. Honestly, for I, his sake, I hope. Yeah, no, I, I'd be cool with that. I, I, I would. I think, uh, I think he... He's really uh, been an ambassador for the for the sport. He's going to do good when he's in the booth, though, too. So he'll be, he'll be uh, he won't be far away. And I, I like the Almarola pick too because, like I said, it's weird. It's the same stuff that happened to him last year. Like he started racing so good at the end of the year, he couldn't retire. It's like he, you know, unretire again, dude, because you've been running very well. Uh, and then Briscoe saving his chair midway through the season. We're saying this guy's got to be fired. He's horrible. Couldn't even get in the top thirty. And uh, now he's he's locked in. He's got, obviously it helps when you get tracks that you're suited to drive well. But you you need some racing luck and some confidence. Um, and I don't see why that would stop here. Uh, yeah, I had uh, I had Harvick and Briscoe as my long shot guys. Uh, I thought possibly Austin Cindric was worth a peek. Um, I'm curious to see how his future goes. Uh, don't don't know. I haven't seen enough consistency as we talked about how good Ty Gibbs has been. Cindric uh, has been the opposite of that. Just not quite good enough. No, not quite good enough. I barely have heard his name or even seen him this year, honestly. Yeah. Like, we've talked about it. The only reason they'll probably stick around is because his dad. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they're, they're going to give him another things. year. But if he starts to struggle again next year, he's got he's got to pick it up because you're getting you're getting uh, top-level equipment. Um, you, you know, you got Logano and you got Blaney. They're not having any issues. I mean, Logano's had some bad luck. I mean, he's that's not really indicative of how good he is. But, yeah, so you're getting great stuff here. Um, you got to be able to do better than just uh, road courses occasionally in that super speedways. You got to be able to start to figure out these, uh, you know, these miles and mile and a half type tracks or, or you're going to be out of the sport pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, it's damn it's going to be a great race. I think yeah. it's going to really be a great race. And I don't like Phoenix as the last Me either. Me either. But, but, I mean, it's everything is lining up. Yeah, no, I, I thought I thought having Martinsville last week, I, that that might be a good way to end it. That was that was a really good race. Just yeah, outstanding. Uh, and, you know, even Homestead was okay. Uh, but, yeah, Phoenix, not one of my favorite tracks either. But uh, this is what we're stuck with. It's got good weather, I guess. So that's a good thing. At least right, we don't right. have to worry about that. That's all that matters. But, yeah, it's a uh, um, couple other thoughts here on the race. Uh, Kyle Busch, we're, we're, I mean, season – Kind of, it looked like it was going to be an all right year, and then, eh, just hasn't 
Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. It's just like something's just not something's not working there for him. Uh, what, what do you what do you see him? Do you see him improving next year, or kind of the same? Um, I think he's going to be kind of the same, simply because I think this is the difference between like a Hendrick and Gibbs and right. a Richard Childress racing right. team. I right. think that there's just something in there that's just it's not getting done for Kyle Busch, and maybe right. he knows it too. Maybe he's just so used to JGR and what they did for him. And he may. It, it just is not. It doesn't seem like the same. Thing. He doesn't seem like the same guy. He doesn't have like that attitude he used to have, which yeah. probably made him drive better. Yeah, realistically. <laughs> no, I think it did. I think it did. Driving with that edge, yeah. No, I, I agree. There's definitely something missing from the the Childers team, and you know, here in you know, occasionally they'll be in contention. But man, Austin Dillon, what a terrible season he's had. I mean, it, just a couple races recently, he's ran okay, but just overall not contending at all. And then you know, Bush. You know, it's not because co- of a lack of quality behind the wheel. It's it's something that's underneath. It's, it is missing from those teams, uh, the smaller teams, and not all of them. But I mean, you you have some of the some of the teams making some progress. The twenty three eleven team has has been a little bit better this year, and then obviously Trackhouse had you know up and down. Maybe not quite as good as they were last year, but still solid. But yeah, I would say uh, that that Richard Childers needs to get it together here because uh, Penske's not going anywhere. Uh, the Stuart Haas guys are, are pretty solid. Hendrick obviously is not going anywhere, and Gibbs is not going anywhere, so they better pick it up quick. Yeah, and I, I read something today that A.J. Allmendinger may be giving up his cup seat to Ty Dillon. Are you shitting me? I know. I, I know. I swear to God. Wow. Well, I don't know. I don't think Ty Dillon's that terrible, uh, but, I mean, I don't know. No, I don't either. But I like I don't. I mean, Almondinger's had a good season. He won. I mean, I jeez. He's been yeah. up front a couple times. Yeah, and, and he's he's done. He's starting to get better at these intermediate tracks, which you know he's been known as a road racer. But he's getting on these heavy shift tracks. Like he was pretty good last week, and he's been good here at Phoenix before. So yeah, that would be an interesting decision. Uh, it should tell you all you need to know that Ty Dillon's own grandpa won't put him on his team, so that'll tell you all right. you need to know. That's, no, you're right. You're <laughs> so right, man. There's nothing else I need to know. Because his, his brother's got the ride, but he doesn't, so that should just tell you what, what grandpa right. thinks. But I don't know. We'll see. Uh, any other things that you're looking forward to about the race this weekend? Anybody else stand out to you or guys you're looking for that might be their last race in the Cup Series or in their current ride? I mean, it's the, there's a lot of drivers changing, you know, teams next year. I mean, Colin's going to look new. Yeah. Shit, I'm just thinking of who's driving their last race. I mean, Nemechek's going to be driving right. next he'll be, year. He'll uh, be back up. Josh Berry will be driving next year. Yeah, and Haley's yeah. switching teams. Um, right. It's going to be inter- It's going to be weird because, I mean, they got to fill the Stuart Haas seat. they got to fill uh, – what's the other seat? Shit. Uh, well, they'll probably have uh, – Who's filling? Who's taking over uh, Al Morales? Because Seward Haas really going to lose two guys, right? Because they lose Harvick. But I th- who who did they already say was in one? I feel like one of those has already been decided. But I could I think one of them's Josh Berry. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think you're exactly right. Um, and that l- leads me to the next question: Is Alex Bowman is next year the year? For, like, is he done? I mean, I know he had injury this year, whatever. We started out pretty good. But he's got to start to take it because you know Chase Elliott's going to bounce back. He's going to have a strong year. And if his buddy Blaney somehow wins the title, it's going to motivate him even more because right. they're like buddies, and I'm sure they're going to want to go at each other pretty hard. Um, and then when you have when you have Byron and Larson on your team, I mean, you just can't be that bad. Uh, 
as Bowman has been. So I thought it was interesting because I thought maybe Josh Berry would end up taking his spot, but then Josh Berry already got got his own ride, so he didn't need to worry about the ties to the to the Hendrick guys. But uh, I don't know. Should be interesting. Um, any any last thoughts on the? Uh, how about the RFK guys? Uh, pretty solid season overall. They sh- showed a lot of progress. Kind of fizzled out here late, but been a pretty good year for them, I'd say. Yeah, they got about all they could get, you know, out of that squeeze right. that they had. They had a run, man, where they were yes, like yes, ten, twelve races, maybe even more, that they were just up there every week. Yeah, so no, made I'm... me eat my words. I know that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sure. Probably a lot of us do after Kislowski yeah. last year. Uh, even then, Busher, though. Yeah. Who would have thought Busher no, had a and Busher, like yeah. This? It's exceptional. Yep. Shows you. Um, sometimes it does make Because I always wondered. I was like, how is Chris Busher keep, keeping a ride all these years? And now I realize you know, maybe it was just the right fit for him. And, you know, it, he was better than, than what I realized. So, I don't know. Um, should be a great one, though. And uh, at Phoenix, we look forward to it. And uh, sadly, it will come to an end. But hopefully Daytona will come, come upon us very fast in the uh, – we can get through the winter without being too too depressed. Uh, switching over, World Series last night. Um, I think this is going to go seven games. I really do. Uh, you know, 3-1 game. Arizona had some bad luck. The uh, the Running through the stop sign with the slow-ass runner, that hurt. Uh, and then there's a few other Only things. Only guy that can't do that. Right, exactly. Amazing. And then, uh, boy, the strike zone at some points of the game Ooh, was, oh, brutal. goodness gracious. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I th- I expect them to bounce back, though. I think I do. I think this will go seven games. I, I really do. I think these teams are pretty evenly matched and playing, um, you know, up to par with each other. What do you think? Yeah, so far it's been great. I mean, I know there was that one little blowout game, but, I mean. Yeah, but that was pretty well, tight till like, the seventh inning, and it's kind of got away, but, yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's just, like, baseball definitely was not thrilled that these two teams were no. the final ones left because there's not a lot of star power. There's right. really not. Even the stars that are on the Rangers. Yeah. Even the D-backs, like Corbin Carroll, you don't baseball doesn't do enough to promote this guy. So no, they we don't. We know he's good. We know yes. he's good, but I mean, you just tune in. Yes. I don't know who that guy is. No, and Marte, like we said last week, that guy's been good for a long time. He just he hasn't had anybody to go with him. Now he's starting to show what he is, but again, nobody knows him. People think this guy's like brand new, and he's not. Corey Seager gets a little bit of notoriety because he was on the Dodgers, but even he's a quiet superstar. Not on any posters, not on any commercials. I mean, all the guy does is just clutch hit in the playoffs, and he and he can't. He's like he's too quiet. They don't want a guy like that. Yeah, it's like the, you know they show the World Series, they go to commercial, and Francisco Lindor Lindor's <laughs> right. on a you know a Corona commercial on right. the beach. It's like, well, this guy's a shortstop, and he's a, he's on vacation. Exactly. Yeah, he he may never play in the fall again with the never. way that his teams are uh, going, never. but yeah, for the money they pay that guy. But yeah, looking forward to the World Series finishing up uh, this weekend. Hopefully it goes seven games and uh, we have exciting games to watch. Um, NFL-wise, boy, another dark week for the NFL. So a lot of bad teams, a lot of bad officiating, just calls blown, guys getting hurt. Trade deadline today, Redskins are having a fire sale, it looks What's like. What's up with that? Did they trade Sweat? Yes, and they traded uh, Chase Young. So yeah, all of that. Where yeah, did Sweat go to. He went to uh, the Bears. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I know. It's like not really a contender. A I know, I know. Yeah. At least like maybe I can sneak in the playoffs. I don't know. I feel like the morale for the Redskins have got to be way down right now after oh, that. That's terrible. Yeah, Dude, that's that. You're done. Your season's over. Yeah, just pack it in. I mean, I don't know how you go on. Like it's writing's on the wall. And then I guess the 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 Ravens had a deal to get Derrick Henry, and and the owner nixed it for the Titans. So that was going to happen. So I don't know. Um, I'll see if anything else happened. They haven't announced, but 
Um, NFL, eh, I don't know. There's probably like five decent teams, and everybody else sucks. Sucks. I mean, the Steelers, they were arguing on 93-7, the fan on the way home, if Kenny Pickett is the worst quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> and, you know, the argument was no, obviously, but he's yeah. in the bottom five. He's in the bottom five, yeah. yeah. And I don't, think, I don't think he's horrible. I really don't. No. But he's not probably a starter uh, at this point. He hasn't shown enough. And, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. what Is Trubisky going to start Thursday? I heard Kenny said he's playing for sure. No, here's my thing. Mason Rudolph is Big Ben Roethlisberger's yeah. successor. He should probably be the guy. He should be your number two. He's been here yeah. the longest. He knows the offense. He's a, he looks like a quarterback. Yeah, yeah. I, I I wouldn't hesitate to put him in there either. Um, I think it's kind of silly what they got going. But uh, if their defense doesn't make plays for them, they have very little chance in any game. Um, although I do think they can beat the Titans. Um, Anything else stick out on the card this week? I know it's a little early for any touchdown parlays. Well, Good job last week, though. Yeah, no, Lawrence, Pierce needed yeah, that ball, Pierce, man. Yeah, you you got to Gabe Davis, and then uh, Lawrence. I mean, they, he had a million chances. Christ, they were in a red a zone every damn drive. But, uh, yeah, that one hurt. But, yeah, Gabe Davis got the week started off right at least for us. Yeah, he did. He did. But this Thursday, I mean – it is a disaster because the Steelers <laughs> play. It really is. Yeah. So here here we go. There's a Will Levis anytime touchdown, which is plus 550. I could easily see him scrambling in the end zone. Yeah. They're in the red zone all the time because Pittsburgh's defense, yeah. I mean, it's good, but they cannot do everything. The bend but don't break, and they don't have Minka. That, that's a, that hurt. Right. And then there's also a Pittsburgh defense anytime touchdown, mm, which is I like plus it. Which is plus six fifty. I like it. Uh, I think that's probably a really good play because rookie quarterback. He looked good last week, but that Pittsburgh defense, the pass rush alone, is uh, going to cause some problems for him. So yeah, get sliced and diced. And then there was also a Will Levis over under one and a half touchdowns, which is plus one ninety five. It doesn't shock me at all if that gets done. He's thrown yeah. four your first game. Right. Pittsburgh defense is like Swiss cheese. Yeah, well, at least uh, Jerry Porter Jr. has been named a starter now, finally. Oh, yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah. I don't get the morale boost. Yeah, me. that's great. Yeah, Coach T got him ready to go. Um, all right, well, anything college-wise stick out to you? Our poor Baylor Bears. Oh, God, poor Jake. Up and down oh. and up and down. Every time oh. I think they got some momentum, they Nothing. go crashing down. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Alabama, LSU, any thoughts on that one? I like Bama, but I don't I, I like know. Bama. The only thing I really liked was Oklahoma State over Oklahoma. Uh, I lo- yeah, I, I think Oklahoma State's playing great football right now. Their they running are. back is on yeah. a roll, man. Yeah. yeah, well, you were down there at that game where he oh torched the Mountaineers. No one, nobody touched him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It actually reminds me of like when Melvin Gordon and like those Wisconsin running backs, they right. get on runs, it's like 200-yard games. Monty Ball, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ron Dane way back. But, uh, yeah, shout yeah. out. All right, Sam, uh, thanks again for joining us here on a special Tuesday version of the show. But uh, have a great weekend, and uh, I'll see you on the show next week. And, again, thanks for everything. Enjoy, uh, enjoy the last – few uh hours of racing we have before winter i I will matt we'll be in touch all right buddy thanks again yep good talking to you you too all right that was sammy p from upper st Clair checking in as always in his wonderful spot to talk racing and other things Uh, appreciate his analysis great job as always thanks to my co-hosts the watchdog and champire the picture down there um 
yeah, it was a, it's, it was a good show. Glad uh, everybody tuned in and enjoyed, and uh, we'll see you next week as we get towards uh, Thanksgiving. It's hard to imagine bowl season will be here before too long. But uh, have a great weekend. Enjoy uh, the game action. Hopefully you get some winners. And we appreciate you following the show. Check us out on the Watchdog Network and on uh, the Pine Room Studios on the YouTube page. BLS underscore PRP on social media along with at the Pine Room Studios. Uh, have a great weekend, and we'll see you in the Pine Room Studio next week on Better Glass. <laughs>